This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. You're listening to Goodfellas Minute 13. I know I'd go from rags to riches if you would only say you care. Hello and welcome to Goodfellas Minute, the only podcast that analyzes the Martin Scorsese film Goodfellas. One, oh, we're running out of a minute at a time. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're adjectives, Josh. Come on. I know. I just feel like I've already <laughs> used three of them, and that's all I had. 
I am Josh, as previously noted. Flanagan, I'm here with uh, Ron Richards. Hello. And from the Star Wars Minute and Alphabetical podcast, we've got Pete the Retailer. Hello. And Alex Robinson. Good evening. Good evening. This minute starts with Meet the Kid Henry. (laughs) (laughs) And it ends with tipping off about loads. (laughs) (laughs) Good night, everybody. All yeah. right. <laughs> so the, uh, the first thing that we sort of see here is this these this great insert shot of the money, because everything in this in this minute literally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess uh-huh. I mean, this this flowing camera going over. You know, Martin Scorsese. You know, doesn't cut a ton until he does, and and we've just been floating through the party, and it's just like close up. Look at this money just going right into your pocket. Well, yeah, yeah. This this that's an example, and and later in the minute, there's another example of. Visual actions that are tied to real life character definition that's never talked about on screen, but visually we see it happen and it helps you flesh out who this person is. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Which is fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This guy puts money in your pocket. Yeah. Right. Literally. Literally. It's, it's also a great example of our uh, recurring tally of bad acting by young Henry as he oh. goes, Thank you. <laughs> I love that. I. I- I didn't think that was bad acting necessarily. I think that's one of the best things. It's, it's like, you know, I hate to keep bringing Well, I don't hate to, but I don't mean to keep bringing it back to Star Wars. But some of the things that, you know, Mark Hamill gets a bad rap for is stuff where he's acting like a goofy kid because he's supposed to be. So I think that I think that is a good example of him being, you know, awkward kid who's not as you're, not you're as cool as he thinks he is. The benefit of the doubt then for yeah. being that. And I feel like. Because here's like here's the thing about this this movie is that there were you know people talk about it, there was a lot of improv, mm-hmm. and and they would just you know let it run, and I don't know that this kid could hang with De Niro, well in that no. sense. And you can easily look at it and go well no he was acting like a kid who didn't really quite know what to do or how to how to be cool, but I I don't know that that flies because I think in order for him to stick around and to stay in the organization and do all this stuff he would have to have done that pretty good. So when the right. the actor kind of is just like. Yeah, nice to meet you. Like, it, you know, it looks like he's in a different movie. It's very perfunctory. Yeah. But I guess that was cool. Avert your eyes. Don't look at him. Well, I don't know. I, I, was, just, I, was, just af- I was just afraid that somebody, uh, this is like the first scene he shot, and he thought that Henry was hard of hearing. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I thought that, like, I don't know. I, I, I'm with Pete in this one. To me, it seemed like a kind of awkward kid. And the fact that he kind of, like, when he thanks him, he kind of, like, averts his eyes. Yeah, he doesn't look at him, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so to me, it almost seemed like more like he was, he knew that he was supposed to be, like, like deferential and kind of, uh, you know, like, uh, I thought of, like, a guy who would be, like, in a whorehouse or something. He's like, oh, here you go. And she's like, thank you. Like, like it, it doesn't quite jibe with the role. The, Henry's supposed to be really excited and starstruck by these guys, and he seems kind of sheepish and embarrassed. But uh, Well, also, I don't know. this guy has a – Jimmy has a reputation. So yeah. maybe yeah. you want to really just watch your ass around it. You could, there's, there's different ways to look at it. So there's, there's, yeah. the interpretation is definitely there. Yeah. yeah. So um, he tips him $20 to bring him his 7 and 7, and then he tells him to keep him coming. Keep him coming. And right. we get a we, we get a freeze frame with another great Paul Servino uh, face. Yes. <laughs> what would uh, what would twenty dollars be today? Uh, what would be one fifth of eight hundred and seventy six dollars? <laughs> so about two hundred ninety two dollars. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> so a seven and seven would really be like a like a forty three and forty three or something like that at this point. Hundred and seventy five dollars. Thanks, Obama. <laughs> that's, that's not a cheap drink. Again, uh. working really hard for this lifestyle. Yeah. yeah. You're paying right. way more for that drink than you would at even the top end clubs in Manhattan. 
It's a mm-hmm. good drink. I'm telling you, it's a good drink. You think oh. that Henry Henry's over there? He's he's putting butter or mayonnaise all over the shitty bread. The rye. Oh. He's not making a good sand. He's not making a good drink. I guess he's no. just bringing it over. He's yeah. more of a bartender than a uh, than a than a sandwich maker. Sandwich. He's, he's no sandwich artist. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I had a note about seven and seven since we're talking yeah. about that. Yes. Um, due to a weird kind of uh, reorganization slash whatever with the Seagram's company. I think you, you don't really hear a lot about 7 and 7 recently in the past several years. Except when you go out with me. I was going to say. Sure. <laughs> but I think it because Coca-Cola owns part of Seagram's now and 7-Up is owned by Pepsi. Ah. Oh. And so it's the Cola Wars. They're back. Or it's like, fan, it's like the Fantastic Four, to put it in terms that uh, we're all familiar with. It's like the Fantastic Four, Marvel, you know, Sony yeah. thing. Or not yeah, well, uh, to, to, cl- to clarify for anyone who might not know, seven and seven is my drink of choice, uh, inherited from my grandfather. He taught me, ironically, at the age of seven, how to make it, and uh, it's a it's a highball drink, and it's made of Seagram Seven and Seven Up, hence seven and seven. Is that gin? Um, no, it's 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 Canadian blended whiskey, huh. and so much so uh, it is it, it is kind of looked down upon by dive bars and stuff like that because it's like it's like sweet whiskey. Okay. Um, that makes sense yeah, for you. Yeah, and so so I get a lot of looks when I actually <laughs> order it. But what's interesting is that, like, I, going back to the Cola Wars, I doubt. I mean, I've been drinking a seven seven for ten years now. I doubt I've ever actually gotten seven up in in one. It's just whatever comes out of the fountain at the bar. Sprite, oh. usually. Yeah, right. Sprite. Yeah, it's usually Sprite. Yeah, yeah. The glory days of seven seven are are behind us. Hmm. <laughs> you ever you ever take a sip and go? Oh, they're, they're, Sprite, they're, they're No, I, I went to a bar once and they tried to put Sierra Mist in it. And I, I, I was like, <laughs> nope, nope, do not do that. So, right. Yeah. And they thought I was crazy. Yeah. Apparently, I, I have. I need to go back and watch. But uh, apparently, Seven and Seven is all over uh, Mean Streets too. Oh. Apparently, they ordered a bunch of times in that. I've only seen that once. Yeah. A long I time I saw it in ago. school and I haven't since. It but. does not have the narrative thrust of this film. Yeah. No. It doesn't. It's not quite as focused. So to refer back to my grandfather, he told me to stick my finger in the glass and pour the Seagram 7 up to my third knuckle and then fill the rest of the glass with 7-Up. That's how you made it. Does that change as your hand grows? I don't know. He was weird. He was drunk a lot. Well, it's per- it's, you know, probably based <laughs> off of, you know, you know, as you grow, your appetite yeah. for booze grows too, so – <laughs> oh yeah, that was that was clearly apparent towards the end of his life. <laughs> so so your eight year old self only needed so much. Yeah, right. But he was having you make them for him. For him, yeah, okay. for him, yeah, yeah. Just anyway, that. I I just didn't like the finger as the measuring stick. I that never sat well with me. Look, also, you were a child. You had filthy hands. Yeah, exactly. Right. And I, I, and I'm pouring booze. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that too. It was a different time. It was the yeah. '80s. Uh, Thelma Schumacher did not edit. Uh, mean streets no maybe that's why that could be why so i know we're going to talk about jimmy burke in a minute but let's just just a little they start talking about what jimmy's into and they describe two things uh they say hits that was something he did but that was just business Mm -hmm. but what he really loved to do it was steal now this is another example of them really minimizing what it is that uh their organization does (laughs) oh hits uh, that was just business they gloss over the murders <laughs> the, the 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 almost serial killer level number of murders yeah. on a yearly basis. I mean, this that is as much as one can underplay that someone is a hired killer. 
I, I, I was so yeah. So so this is tying into it. So so Robert De Niro is playing the character Jimmy Conway in the movie. The it's based on uh, Jimmy Burke, who was a real Irish gangster who worked in in the Vario crew. Oddly enough, Jimmy Conway was Jimmy Burke's birth name. So the the fake movie name is actually the real person's oh, real me. birth name. Yeah. So pulling pulling yeah. a red fox. Yeah. Did you guys already uh, talk about why they changed some names, or is this is this the first opportunity to? Basically? Oh, we've, we we we've talked about the fact that Henry Hill is the only real name in the movie, but we didn't talk about why. Do you know why? No, that's what I'm wondering because yeah. there's other yeah. you know. Yeah. Everybody. No. Every well, name were, was changed. Every well, name was changed for Henry Hill. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably why. At the time. You know, right. So. Right. So a. It's just a good insurance policy. Yeah. You know, both both personally and, and I guess, litigiously. Yeah. Right. I'm, I'm guessing. I don't know. Because you can't really co- corroborate most of this. Yep. So more about Jimmy Burke. As mentioned in the movie and by us previously, he was Irish, so he could never be a made man. But he worked closely with uh, the Vario crew, and so that let him work within the mafia, which doesn't exist. He was born in New York. His mother was from Dublin. His father was unknown, and nobody knows who he is. Uh, he was placed in foster care at age two and then grew up in orphanages and fo- foster families, so that probably explains the drifting to crime. Uh, he became active in the 1950s and primarily focused on stealing at first. And uh, he worked at a South Ozone Park in Queens and then eventually East New York and Brooklyn with the Vario crew. I didn't know until recently that East New York had ever been an Italian neighborhood. I didn't. Uh... Yeah. Yeah. The Pitkin Avenue. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know about the hole? I just found out the, the found out about that when I was reading about uh, East New York. No. What about the hole? There's a there's a zone kind of like uh, right, you know. Brooklyn Queens border kind of so like kind of the north part of uh, East New York and uh, it's like the landscape around it is a little bit high so it like it sinks down and it floods all the time so nobody wants to build anything there so it's like a shanty town more or less <laughs> it's fantastic and it's like apparently people are like yeah it's just like it's like the wild west in there like cops don't really go in there like every couple of years they'll pull a body or two out of there from like mob hits and Jesus it's uh down the block a little bit. I mean, uh, you know, five minute drive from here. Oh, wow. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, <laughs> I have a bit of a uh, Jimmy Burke trivia. Ooh, you have more information that? about the hole? No, not about the hole, unfortunately. Oh. But it's uh, uh, I was reading uh, the information about poor Jimmy Burke, and uh, it's like there was one story. Jimmy Burke's one of Jimmy Burke's foster fathers died in a car crash in 1944. So he would have been uh, 13 years old, uh, Jimmy. How did his step? How did his foster father die? Because he was turning around in the car to beat Jimmy in the back seat, <laughs> and the car crashed. His father, his foster father, dies. His foster mother is is blames him for his foster father's death. So beats Jimmy virtually daily until he's placed in a new foster home. That almost seems like. If it wasn't so horrifying, it would be comical. You can't make it up. Right. Yeah, yeah. The totally. fact that, like, you made me crash the car, boy, because I had to turn around to beat you while you know, I was driving. If he would anyway. just have behaved, you know, it's, it's his fault. I feel <laughs> like he didn't internalize that. <laughs> as, as, as portrayed by Robert De Niro, anyway. Right. Yeah, so so going back to the murders, it was said that about roughly about in the years that Jimmy Burke was active, about 12 dead bodies a year were found around JFK Airport attributed to him. And basically he had bribed so many cops that they would give him tips on who was becoming informants and he would get to them and kill them before they could be informants. That was his job. Efficient. Yeah. 
and uh, and, and like he's dipping everybody. Yeah, I mean, and he fr- must have been putting out just a millions a year. Yeah, and yeah. from fr- from the from the book Wise Guy that Goodfellas is based on, Henry Hill had this to say about uh, Jimmy Burke's bribing of the cops. Jimmy Burke once said that bribing cops is like feeding elephants at the zoo. All you need is peanuts. <laughs> there you go, bribing cops. Uh, <laughs> Allegedly, it was just yeah. business. So we see Jimmy in action hijacking a truck, which I've got to imagine. I couldn't find the location of this scene, but it's got to be somewhere around Greenwood Cemetery, right? I don't know. I I was Googling also trying to figure out where because it says, you know, in the the script that I was looking at, which seems to be like an early draft or something. The the scripts are online or are a mess, by the way, because there's so much was improv. And yeah, but anyway, but it says that it's, you know. Uh, on a road near uh, Idlewild, which you know, which led yeah. later JFK. Yeah. So I was looking for cemeteries around there, and I couldn't figure out exactly what it would. Uh, there are no major ones over there, so yeah. I don't. I don't this know. This ha- this has to be. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, this, they, well, there's the 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 locations are always where is it supposed to be, and then where did they shoot it? You right. know, like like the cab stand it was supposed to be on Pitkin Avenue, but it was in Astoria. It was, they shot it in Astoria. Almost um, everything at this point has been shot yeah. in Astoria. Yeah, and that's mm-hmm. what makes me think that this is near Greenwood Cemetery, which uh, non-New Yorkers might not know. It's it's basically an enormous cemetery in the middle of Queens, and it cradles the BQE, LIE, kind of all the parkways kind of connection. It's a connection point. Um, the same one that he wait. shot at the end of Gangs of New York. Also, isn't Greenwood Cemetery yeah. in Brooklyn? Yeah, wait. You, this is a, the other the other cemetery. Oh, what's did I get it wrong? Oh, what's the one in Queens? The one that the Jackie Robinson goes right through. You're right. I totally I switched the two. God damn uh, it! But I can't think of what it's called. That's the one in Gangs of New York at the end. Yeah. So who knows? It's a cemetery. Who cares? Right. It's a big cemetery <laughs> with some golf courses the, in the middle. The new cat in the new Calvary Cemetery. That's right uh, by Queens Boulevard and the Parkway. Yeah, that's it. That's what it is. Okay. Yeah, it's New Calvary. So as we get back to the movie here, one of my favorite things here is the stink eye from the thugs. Yeah. <laughs> on the truck driver as they get out. They both they both pull like full on movie tough guy. Well, they, they're doing that, yeah. but the truck driver is also being aloof guy. Yeah. Right? Like he's like, you know, like he's like trying not to be intimidated, you know? Because, like, yeah. because theoretically, like someone had tipped them off, so he might have known about it. Yeah. And so he's playing along, but he knows what's going on, so he's not really no. that scared because this was pretty routine yeah but we do get we do get the intimidating uh jimmy you might know who we are but we well, know who well, you are well i need everybody <laughs> at home to, to go ahead and take the sideways look drink this is the second, <laughs> yeah. is the second appearance of the sideways look yep you look right or left and then just before you say the threatening thing you turn back <laughs> that's the sideways I, look drink well the alternate theory about the uh the, why this uh, truck driver might be kind of uh, not intimidated is because I think he was mainly like a grip. He wasn't really an actor. <laughs> Fair enough. His credits are mainly just kind of like, yeah, he moved some cables. And then he was in his movies are this and then Mighty Wind. A Mighty really? Wind, sorry. You guys are really bringing more to the show than I think that we can. Wow, yeah, I mean, it's really impressive. It's really, almost to the point where, do you guys just want the show? You can have <laughs> They just want to show us, like, listen, we know who you are. But what, you know, anyway. I just did, wanted to do my thing, which is, you know, yeah. finding these. I don't, there are no Imperial officers in this, so I had to. Right, yeah, so, so it's, it's, it's truck drivers. So if trips. Jimmy rooted for the movie Bad Guys, was he just always disappointed? Because <laughs> movie he, Bad Guys never win. Yeah. 
I think Empire was his favorite of the Star Wars films, though. Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> been fine. So as we were talking about when he tipped Henry the $20, this is he slides the $50 in the truck driver's wallet. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was actually something that Jimmy Burke did in real life. That's directly he, taken from, He you must know. have been making so much money. Yeah, I know. Or he just um, didn't care. Yeah. <laughs> also, uh, in, in if you're keeping track at home of clothes I wish I had, Robert De Niro's red jacket in the scene. Yeah, that's a good okay. jacket. It's, it's a, a good, good jacket. jacket. Now, is that little that little document that he puts in his pocket, is that a driver's license? Yeah. From the time? Yeah, yeah that's what I got to guess. That's why I think he says, we know who you are, because he takes his license, so they have like his information. His address and everything, yeah. Yeah. They doxed him. Yeah. yeah, I do want to highlight when when Henry is narrating, and he's talking about all the all the great things they stole, like booze, cigarettes, razor blades, mm-hmm. razor blades, and shrimps and lobsters. Shrimp and lobsters were best. <laughs> now the the th- the point about that that I want to I want to note is that shrimp and lobster always always went fast, and that's a, just a one more sort of sign that how mundane all this was. Yeah, like there are restaurants everywhere. Who just would not think for a second about there's a, there's some men outside who have shrimp and lobster to sell us, right? right. On a short on a short notice, right? Sure, let's buy it. Let's serve it to people. Well, well, yeah. Well, that that's as evidenced by the next scene, which is Jimmy and some other people you see unloading a truck of cigarettes in the wide open in like next to the cab stand. Yeah, like right. just brazen, brazen about it. Jimmy the gent. Jimmy the gent, so they called him. So we see them, we see them un- uh, unloading the packet of cigarettes and loading up a uh, crossing guard who is also smoking while she's holding all the cigarettes. So she likes to smoke. It's the best. The crossing guard is a is a comedian named Margaret Smith. <laughs> Maggie, look her up. She's on uh, she's on Comedy Central. You can just do Margaret Smith, and like you can see some of her bits from the late nineties. Wow, and she sounds exactly. Cigarettes. Sounds exactly like that. So, you know, it's like, oh, that looks kind of like her. And then she starts talking and it's like, oh, yeah, that's her. Uh, Martin Scorsese likes play play, having comedians. A casino is filled with funny people playing straight roles. Yeah. Very strange. That's true. But uh, maybe this is what whetted his appetite for that. It's like, I like having funny people around on the set. We should have more comedians. Next time, all comedians in the movie. (laughs) Yeah, Albert Brooks uh, in Taxi Driver. He had, uh, I mean, famously Jerry Lewis. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a thing. He must. And he, himself, he's not a comedian, but he keeps. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. It's weird that he's there. Emo Phillips was originally supposed to play Henry in this. <laughs> but, uh, didn't, uh, scheduling did not work out. <laughs> I've always wanted to be a gangster. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot tell you if that's a low point or a high point for this show. <laughs> it's still early, Josh. Yeah, I know. Paul Malls. Yes, they're all Paul, Paul Malls. Yeah. Paul Malls. Paul Malls, which are apparently originally pronounced Pell Mills. Yeah. Then once they were not al- allowed to advertise them on the radio anymore, you can't. Uh, nobody knew. So they've just been called Paul Malls for the last like 70 years. Huh. Uh, I have one more bit of a Jimmy Burke trivia. Jimmy Burke was engaged to a woman named Mickey. And uh, I guess Mickey's um, previous boyfriend was causing them some troubles. And you certainly don't want if you're out of this, if your ex is dating a gangster, just let it go. Don't. (laughs) So apparently don't ask him if they want some. of. Anyway, that's later. So the suitor, the suitor showed up murdered and uh, chopped up into over a dozen pieces in his car. And and they think that uh, they think our old friend Jimmy Burke uh, was responsible. It was just just a car accident. It was something. (laughs) Coincidence. Yeah. And Jimmy married that gal. uh, Yeah. He did. 
<laughs> but it's weird that that's almost has a parallel later on. Are we allowed to talk about stuff if that happens in the future in the movie? Yeah, we're not. We're not being. Uh, we we decided we're not going to be as uh, tight with uh, as you guys are in Star Wars. I, but I thought that was the a movie weird... started with a flashback and that threw yes. us all off. Oh, yeah. that's true. Yeah. <laughs> right. so technically, this has all already happened. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And well, will happen again. Right. What? Yeah. That's what they never understood. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought that was a weird parallel with the whole thing with you Henry know, uh, pistol whipping. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Kind of a, a uh, echo of that. But uh, I had two other uh, two other people who played Jimmy Burke or Jimmy Conway in different other, I think there are both TV movies. Mm-hmm. Maybe one was, I don't think either one was theatrical. It doesn't seem like two on NBC. <laughs> in 2001, there was a TV movie called the big heist about the Lufthansa heist. Yep. Um, and uh, Jimmy Burke was played by Donald Sutherland. <laughs> wow. <laughs> picture this that. So Canadian. Well, yeah. Look at that spectrum. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which actually, he looks maybe a little bit more like the real Jimmy Burke. The real Jimmy yeah. Burke is kind of like a well, like a, looks pretty Italian. He's well, the saggy mustachio Well, that that's the that's the ongoing trend in this movie of the actors uh, portraying much more handsome versions of the real life people. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> well, I think I don't think it's the only movie that does that. I yeah, think I know. Much every <laughs> every Hollywood movie, there's uh, yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, um, in 1991, there was a movie called The Ten Million Dollar Getaway. Again, I think it's another TV movie. Same deal. It was just about the Lufthansa heist. And uh, in that one, John Mahoney, who's Frazier's dad on Frazier, oh. played Jimmy Burke. That makes more sense. Yeah, yeah that makes more sense. Yeah. I, I got to tell you, stay tuned to this podcast because when we get to the Lufthansa heist, that's going to be a treasure trove of, I'm just, of, of I'm information. Just sit back and let it happen. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty excited about that. Do we have anything else for this minute? I mean, though, this one sort of appearance that I guess is notable. Uh, well, yeah, the we get the... Yeah, but we'll, we'll, let's, let's talk about that tomorrow. All right. right. Well, you see, it's um, the, last, the end of this. Yeah. Uh, we'll update the F count. Still at zero. We're one for Monday and then nothing since then. We got a lot of catching up. It's, they're gonna have to, they're, there's going to be a minute with like 10 of them. Yeah, I was right? promised. <laughs> at this point, I should have six. and We've got one. So. It, yeah. yeah it, if, it's, if we're going two a minute, then there's real, they got some catching up to do already. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So right. uh, I suppose that that is all for minute 13. Can listen tomorrow for minute 14. Until then, you can check us out on Twitter, Goodfellas Min, Instagram at Goodfellas Minute. You can find our episodes at GoodfellasMinute.com. Also, uh, check out iFanboy.com for a weekly comic book podcast. Comic book book. I can't say it. Podcast. <laughs> We've been doing it for 10 years, and now I can't say it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you guys going to come back tomorrow? Sure. I'll see what my schedule allows. I'll well, I'm glad we got continuity of that joke. <laughs> yeah, I've decided. I remember those. Like, they really go with it. <laughs> and, and they maintain the illusion, so we're, I'm gonna I'm gonna do the same right. for them. Uh, I am Josh. I'm Ron, and this was good, fellas. Minute, minute. minute. <laughs> or will I go from rags to return? My fate is on.